Welcome to the Boston Sports Syndicate Podcast, a production of the Syndicate Network. And now here's your host, Michael Travers. Welcome back to another episode here, Boston Sports Syndicate Podcast. Michael Travers with you, and again, joining me, I have Bill Travers. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm just good. So, before we get started, we're going to talk a little Red Sox, a little Celtics, a little Bruins. We're going to introduce another new uh, segment that we're going to have a little bit later on. It's going to be called the Syndicate Six. Um, I'm excited for that. So, uh, you know, hang on through the miserable Red Sox, Bruins, and Celtics talk, and then you'll have some... uh, a, a brand new segment for you. But before we do any of that, do you have a quick thought to lead us off? I do. Uh, recently, I wrote an article in which I called out teams for wearing alternate uniforms. In the drunk drawer. In the drunk drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, w- one of the main reasons that I wrote this is because when I'm flipping through the channels and I come across a game, I like to instantly recognize who's playing. You know, you flip it through the channels, you come across the Cowboys or a team with a yellow helmet and green shirts. You know it's the Green Bay Packers. Most of the time when I catch a basketball game, I have no idea who's playing because of all the alternate jerseys that they wear. The NBA is definitely the worst. But let me ask you, is it because you don't watch the NBA as much as you watch some of the probably, other sports? Probably that probably factors into it. Or is the NBA just getting ridiculous? I think it's a little of both. Yeah, probably, I think probably more the NBA is getting ridiculous. The, the Miami Heat wearing a pink and powder blue uniform, the Vice Miami Vice uniforms. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example. But I'm going to make an exception for one I saw today watching the Carolina Panthers wearing the throwback Carolina oh, Hurricanes. I'm sorry, Carolina Long Hurricanes. <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes wearing the throwback Hartford Whaler jerseys. Those look sharp. Yeah, well, it's one of the it's one of the nicest jerseys ever. The 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 wearless jersey. Um, it's an exception, but it's a whole different team. Like it's right. Like you recognize the Whalers uniform because you have seen that before. So it's still the same to what you're talking about about recognizing the team. You recognize that it was a tribute to right the Whalers because the Whalers go back years and years. I don't know how many people even still associate the Hurricanes to having played in Hartford. And before that, Boston, which I don't know if a lot of people know. Back in the old WHA years, they were the New England Whalers, and they played in the Garden. I follow hockey a little bit, um, probably more than your casual casual sports fan. And I think that there's more animosity towards the Carolina Hurricanes than glory because I feel like people – want that team back in Hartford and people are mad because they won't give up Carolina won't give up the rights to the name or or anything like that so the ownership group or whatever they won't give it up and so people actually are pissed at the Hurricanes they may not that that's the only real association that I see or that I hear about is that because they want to bring it back to Hartford and I don't see the NHL ever going back to Hartford but that's a discussion for another day maybe maybe so my quick thought, which I forget what it was. Oh, the scheduling this season for two teams that we're actually going to talk about today has been one of the most frustrating things I can remember as a sports fan. I'm relatively young, so there's not a ton of things. And, and basically, since I've been heavy into sports, every team in this city has won. So I guess there's not a lot of things to, to compare it to. But the fact that the Bruins and the Celtics this year play pretty much on the same night every single night that the teams are playing. Do the schedule makers not take into consideration that there are people that run sports podcasts in Boston or sports radio in Boston? (laughs) How do you expect me to do both? How can I watch? The Bruins start at 5, the Celtics start at 6. It's not even like the Bruins can play at like, like, could they at least play at 1? If the Bruins play at one on a weekday, and th- no, 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 today, today, per- today's oh, today. Sunday, then they would have been against the Patriots. Per- yeah, well, there should be no other sports on Sunday outside of like the NBA and the NHL should just shut it down on on Sundays because they're not going to compete with the with the NFL anyway. But every it's like it, it's something crazy. Like I think it's over half of the games that, that those two teams play this year are played on the same night. It's impossible to watch. You don't want a DVR. 
I don't own a DVR. No, oh. I, I, you know, I, I got to live in Boston. It's expensive. I can't. I can't get all no, of these extra, the extra ten, frivolous uh, ten items. Ten bucks a month for the yeah, DVR. Yeah, no, 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 no. But uh, or two TVs. You could watch two TVs like that. That mm. whole thing. But no, picture in picture. Yeah, that doesn't even exist anymore. But no, better scheduling. Like, let's all get on the same page. NFL, uh, NBA, NHL, and let's not have two two major teams play. On the same night, every single game, it's going to happen. They are going for every dollar they can get. They don't. What they don't care. What? They don't want to split their viewership with anybody. What good does the NHL have by playing a five o'clock game on a Sunday at the end of the football season? Just take the day off. You have random days off in the middle. In the at the beginning of the season, they had no games on Fridays for whatever reason. There was like three weeks straight where there were no games on Fridays. Why? What else is there to do? Especially on a Friday night, so right? School night. You can bring the kids in. Yeah. This is, oh, the NHL sucks with scheduling. But that's, I guess that's in my drunk drawer, true. My drunk drawer, <laughs> too. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a, there were some quick, quick Red Sox notes um, from this week. Actually, just real one Red Sox, or maybe two. I don't know if they ended up signing Ramirez. But um, they avoided arbitration with um, Hembry. Heath Hembry? Does anybody care? Do you care? No. no. He was going to be back on the team anyway, whether they signed him before he went to arbitration or he goes to arbitration. Are you happy that they saved a few bucks by by agreeing to a deal before going to arbitration? I don't think that's going to stop them signing a big-name free agent or bringing Craig Kimbrell back. So they also reportedly, I don't know if it got signed or if it was just their reports that they were close to a deal with signing Erasmo Ramirez. Does that name ring a bell? Vaguely. He was a starter in Tampa Bay. Got traded to Seattle, and then they—he was a starter, but he was out of the bullpen. But then he was a starter, and then he was out of the bullpen, and then he became a closer, and then he became a six man. It was like it was and like then this an opener, crazy. No, no, it was like this crazy. Like he, they just didn't really have a position. They got hurt, and they never really formed a. He never really formed a role. He just was kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So what were they looking to sign him for? Minor league contract. Bullpen de- oh, minor so, league contract. So depth. Yeah, so he's. I think he's gonna. He got an invitation to the big league club if they had finalized the deal. That was the rumor. I don't. I actually don't know if it ended up happening, but uh, I actually kind of like the signing because I think he can be a piece to a bullpen, which I think they desperately, desperately need. I think he has his moments where he's good, and of course he has his moments where he's terrible. But I think he for a minor league contract, I think he would be a uh, a, a decent addition to the. To the bullpen. Well, sure. You bring in all as the guys many, you yeah, can. As many names as you can. Many names, yeah. And, and let them like fight it you out. You throw it up against the wall and you see what sticks. Yeah. But something has to be said for his stuff if he doesn't really have a defined role, but yet he's still, you know, kicked around in the major leagues a little bit. Well, he's like a Hector Velasquez type. Ish. Yeah. 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 He might be, I think he might be a little bit better than Hector Velasquez, but. But the same, same type. typo. He can come out of the bullpen, he can give you long relief. He, he can, can be a taxi man, you know, you, you have an injury or a double header, you bring him up for a game. Exactly. But, but big, not going to be the difference maker. No, 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 of course World not, of course. But, but, you know, when there's no Red Sox news, you have to try and make some Red Sox news, and that's what, that's what we do here at the Syndicate. Well, I, I read today that uh, they were near bringing Bryce Brents back, and my first question was, he Why? left. Why? I didn't know he was gone. Who Didn't he get, he got, he got traded. He got, he, he I was don't in, even uh, remember, was he, I don't even remember. He was in a deal, I want to say. I don't know. James, Google it. Um, <laughs> there's. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got traded. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The big news, though, out of the out of the MLB, and it, it has a little bit to do with the Red Sox, was that Andrew Miller signed um, himself a hefty deal. He uh, he got a two year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals for 25 million. Fast math says 12 and a half. What did you sign Evaldi for? You signed Evaldi for 17. Yikes. Oh. Okay. As a starter. No, no, I know, I know, I know. So my question to you, um, obviously the Red Sox were supposedly interested in Miller. I don't know if that was just f- Pulse of the fan base was interested in Miller or if actual anybody from the Red Sox said that they were interested in signing Andrew Miller. Um, if they weren't, they should have been. But that's the I idea. don't think they've come out and actually said they were interested in signing anybody. That's a good point. Uh, they, they said they were still in on Kimbrell if the price came down. That's the only right, one. Right, they said they were interested in bringing him back. Yeah, that's the only one. But I but haven't no, heard them you, talk yeah, about right. any other free agent that wasn't already on the team. You might be right, which is... Dombrowski's playing it very 
close to the vest. Which I guess is nice. I, I, I mean, it's good to see you. You're not gonna, but but then again, you kind of want to throw your name out there to raise the price up for other other teams. I, that's a, that's a real thing in, in baseball, and I think that that they should at least take a meeting with Manny Machado, try and get a meeting with Manny oh, Machado to to raise the the bill for the for the Yankees where he's going to inevitably sign. But does this set the market? Does the Miller signing set the market for closers? Or not quite because he's not really a closer. Right, he's more of a swingman. So I don't, I don't think he. I'm surprised he got as much as he did. Was, what do you? What did? That was my next. I question. am surprised what do you think? with his injury history that he's had the last few years. I'm surprised he got that money. It's probably why he only got a two year deal. But as far as setting the market for closers, no, I don't think so. Who do you think is going to be the first? Does it have to be Kimbrel that signs to set the to set the no, closer you've, market? You've already had Familia sign. You've already had Soria sign. Yeah, but Soria's uh But but uh, still, they've they've already there are closers that are off the market. They've signed. So what you have left right now is Kimbrel and then a big drop and a lot of question marks after that. So what is it what do you think this means where if you consider Miller to be a, a swing guy, which I think he's an effective back into the I think he could be a closer. I almost wonder why he's not a closer. And I don't understand because he well he's struggled with his control over the years. Yeah, but so, and he's always so played is, on a team that had an established closer. So has Chapman. So he's never really assumed that role. Chapman had trouble with his with his control too. And, and the Cardinals have Bud Norris, I think, was their closer this year, and he might be up too. So maybe they don't even have. Maybe he is there. Maybe he is going to be their closer. If it's twelve and a half for Andrew Miller as your closer, it really doesn't seem like it's that bad of a deal. If he's going to close for you, if he's going to be right. a setup man, that's. That's steep, but yeah. as a closer, I don't I don't think that that that's steep at all. But what it, long-winded way of asking, what do you think it means for Craig Kimbrell? Is, is his number going to be even higher than we think because if a quote swingman setup guy, whatever you want to call him, is getting twelve and a half, who has the pedigree that Miller has, what does that mean for Kimbrell? Well, Kimbrell's got his own pedigree, so I don't think Miller's pedigree is going to play into that at all. But I think where uh, Kimbrell is an established closer, he's going to get more of a AAV than 12 and a half. He's going to oh, be... Oh, I, I don't think... I, I, I think he wants to be in the 18 range. I think you're probably, he'll probably come in 15, 16 before it's all said and done because I don't really see the market for him right now. I, I read a good article by Sean McAdam today in uh, Boston Sports Journal. He said basically there are two teams out there, the Red Sox being one of them, that are either in co- in contention and looking for a closer. Red Sox and the Braves. I would say the, the Braves seem like a, a no-brainer. He, that's where he started too, right? Right. Or at least that's, that's where he made his that's name. That's where he came up. I right? don't know if I don't know if I don't know if that's where he got if he got drafted by them, but that's where at least he made his name. Right. But you have to think that there are other teams that that can figure it out or that or, or all the other contenders have an established Cubs, closer. The Cubs, I mean they've got mm. Brandon Morrow who who he's 30 million years old and who knows about his elbow well, and I think had, the Cubs are going to go after Harper. Tr- yeah, I think but, they're saving their money for him. Yeah, but the, do- the but, do- but the point is there isn't a huge huge market, market out there. So I think the Red Sox are smart to just sit back, see what develops. I don't think there's any way he gets 6 years. No, 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 no. So no, maybe no. they can bring him, you know, maybe 3 or 4 years at 16 to 18. Maybe Still now that's more doable. It is a Still lot. A lot. It is a lot, but but I guess if you compare it to if you compare it to a setup man getting twelve and a half, I guess it's really not really not that bad. Um, I actually completely forgot about the other news in the MLB. Yasiel Puig got traded, and that's yes. that's where I think I think the Dodgers are clearing room for Harper. Cleaning so that's where I think exactly. that's where I think Harper is going to end up. Right, because they clean Kemp's salary out too. Yep, Kemp, Puig. Do you have any thoughts on the deal? Do you care? I know it doesn't have anything to do with the Red Sox, but, but they gave but up care? an awful lot and didn't get that much back in return. So it was just a sal- huge. It salary was a dump. salary dump. Plain and simple. Good for the Reds to do it, or do you I'm, almost look I'm and say surprised at the Reds because I don't think they're that close to contention, and they're a small market bring, team, right? To bring guys in like that, um, and they've got a guy like Scooter Jeanette, who I think is is in line to get a big deal. So I'm kind of surprised that uh, and they already have Joey Votto. Joey right. Votto's got a huge deal. Yep, and uh, I thought they had good and outfielders they gave up too. Homer Bailey, who. Homer Bailey's getting at waved. At least is a reliable pitcher. He's getting waived. The, the, the Dodgers aren't even... Really? Yeah, he, they're releasing him. They're not even keeping him. It was full-on salary dump. 
And they gave up, the Dodgers gave up someone else. It was a young player, and I can't remember who it was. And I saw it. And I was but like, he wasn't a very high rated prospect. No, no, no. But he, but it's still someone it, in, the, in Major League Baseball. If I've heard of the player, there's something to be said because there's a gazillion prospects, and if I've heard of them, there's something to be said there. I can't. And at this obviously at this point, I can't remember who it is. So maybe he's not that good. But I remember seeing it and saying, "Wow, that's 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 a lot for nothing." And that was before he even knew they were going to waive Homer Bailey mm. or release. I don't know if there's if it's a waive thing or what a release or whatever it is. But um, any other notes you have for this past week on the uh, on the Red Sox? On the Red Sox, no, it's pretty quiet right now after the winter meetings. Not much happened at the winter meetings. I think we talked about this last week with Matt. You know, it's it's not the way it used to be, where all kinds of deals would get done, all kinds of free agents would get signed at the winter meetings. Now this is getting pushed out into February, right to the start of spring training. So I think it's going to be quiet for a while. I think the Kimbrel thing's going to um, probably go right down to the wire. Since I know you would like to be more of a narrator for the next couple parts here, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, where would you like to go? Would you like to go uh, Celtics or Bruins? Uh, why don't we go to the Celtics? Great. Seeing we just watched them, uh, <laughs> just Dem- watched them with a blowout win over the uh, Hornets. Yeah. Huge win. So, but prior to that, they lost. After after ripping off eight straight, yeah, they went into a little bit of a tailspin. Yeah, lost three or four in a row, three out of four, something like that. So, it's not even so much about that. They lost to the Suns. Right, right. So, for the second time this year, I believe. I'm not sure about that part. I think so. So, but they lost to the Suns. How does that happen? I honestly don't know. Like, there's there's something about this team where. you don't want to like, you don't want to see it. I feel like in in any sport where a team goes on runs, if they go on winning streaks, awesome. But if they start going into losing streaks, out of winning streaks, does that make you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to see them like you don't want to see them go you on want runs. Them to be consistent. Yeah, but you don't like you want to you want to see them have a like they had a terrible loss against the Suns. They had an immediate turnaround game against the Bucs, one of the better teams right. and in the Eastern Conference. Totally outclassed in that game. But you kind of hope that they just maybe overlook the Suns and then... So it was a trap game. Yeah, it, but it turns out it wasn't because the Bucs right. did what they, they wanted. They didn't bring it to the Bucs. And you don't want to see a team start... Like, they lose a game, they lose a, a, a bad game to the Suns, and then it turns into something. You know, like, they, they're losing 3-4, which I think happened earlier in the season. They lost four or five games in a row, and then everyone was all worried, and they rattled off those eight wins, and now they're back into, like, I think it's three out of four. Um, I don't I don't understand what's going on with this team. They had a players meeting, 30-some, 35, 36-minute players meeting. Which is never a good sign. Where supposedly they all just got into the room and basically started yelling at each other. And I just have to, like, who's in charge here? Who's running this team? And who are you Who are you looking at and saying, this is your fault? This is, maybe not, you know. So you're talking about the players? Players, So you're coach, talking about the leadership problem. It, that, that's, my, that's what I'm saying. I, do, I don't know. You would think it has to be a leadership issue at this point. I mean, you're or it's coaching, and everybody loves Brad Stevens. So is it Brad? Is it the players? Who are you? I guess if if you have to blame somebody, who are you blaming? I blame the players. Ultimately, it's the players. So then, let me ask you: Last to, year, who, they're getting paid the big money. The coach only puts the players in a position to win. If the players do not execute if they do not bring intensity to that game plan there's nothing the coach can do so then two years ago when 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 i the isaiah thomas led celtics go all the way to was it the eastern conference finals or even last year the eastern conference finals with no Kyrie irving and no gordon hayward mm-hmm. do you give the credit to the players or the coach i give the credit to the players at least you're consistent. the players stepped up their game at least you're consistent but again the coach can only put you in the position to win the coaching plays a factor in it. But if they don't go out and play with the intensity that they need to play, and I think that's some of the problem with this team now, is they don't seem to be playing with any intensity. They well, just they, think it's one of these, we can just show up and win this game. We're the Celtics. We went to the Eastern Conference Championship last year. 
Well, that's what happens. They bought into their own hype. They bought it. I think they bought into their own hype, and they they got they get they get hyped up by the fans. They got hyped up by the press. They got hyped up by other people in mm-hmm. the NBA, and they believed it. And they honestly think that you know what we're we're the Celtics. You're right. We're the Celtics, and we we are the better team on paper. So that means we should win every game. And I think a little bit of that goes to the Patriots too. I think the Patriots yeah. this year have had that. When you hear them interviewed after the game, we need to play better. Yep. How many times have you heard that? From, a, a, a million. We need to play better. Then play better. Yeah. Stop saying it. Do it. Yeah. Talk prepare, is cheap. Prepare better. Done. Prepare better in all three facets right. of the game, including and, and coaching. But the thing that drives me nuts about the, about the Celtics team, and actually you've alluded to it before. I don't know if it's on the podcast or you know just in real life because there's no difference. But we talk more on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but um. The way that the NBA is going with the three-point shooting and, 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 you know... Which drives me crazy. Right. And so, with this Celtics team, one night they'll put up 125, 130 points, and then the next night they put up 80, 85, you 90. Live, you live by the three, you die by the three. But it just seems like they're too talented to be that to be that much of a... Di- like, 130 points is a lot of points. That's a, that's a good game. That's a really, really sh- good shooting game. Whatever you're doing, it, I mean, you, you might have just played the Hornets, and maybe that's why. But when you play the Suns, you should you should put up 160. But they need to have something where if the shoot, if, if the if the deep ball isn't working, they need something that they can go to inside. They need right. like they they need it. They need it. They need a second. You need it to their game. You need a diversified offense. In so football, to me, you can't just throw the ball every time. You have to occasionally run the ball. So to, uh, unless you're the the New England Patriots in that last game, then you just run the ball all the time and you don't even have to pass. Well, in that game, it did. But the if if they're jacking up threes and it's not working and it's not working, I kind of I, I mean, yes, you blame the players. The and they keep jacking them up, and that's the old story: is how do you get out of a shooting a shooting slump? Keep shooting. Keep shooting. Larry Bird. And I kind of put it on coaching a little bit. I really do because you as a coach need to sit there and say, guys, this isn't working. We need to change this. We need to work the ball inside. We need to we need to get the ball to Marcus Morris on the inside or Daniel Tice or Al Horford when he's playing. Or they need to get the ball inside and they're not it doesn't seem like they're doing it. Or um the draft pick who can't get another who Time Lord. Yeah, Williams. Uh, Williams, Robert Williams. You need to get the ball inside and and have both parts of the game working. And I, I don't know, it just feels to me like they, they don't have that, like, it, they're a one-trick pony. They have a lot of talent, but they're still just a one-trick pony. But how many times you see them bring the ball up the floor, settle for that first shot? With like 16, None. 17 seconds left on the, on the yeah, shot clock. Right. It happens I mean, all the time. A, a guy gets open, jack up the shot. Happens all the time. Jason Tatum has the athleticism and the ability to get to the rim every single time. He's not doing it. No, he doesn't he, he does go to the rim, but he doesn't do it he doesn't do it nearly enough. I think that's part of the issue. And to me, it's kind of on coaching too. I don't think Brad Stevens should think, have a pass. I don't think that's the play that's drawn up though. No, do they but, even do they even have a play? Are they just bringing it up, jacking up a three? That, they, that's what it they looks don't, like to the uninformed. If they viewer. don't, then that's also on coaching. You need to have a game plan. You need to have plays. You need to have I just don't think that I think that because of what Brad Stevens has done in the past three years or so, and and, and overachieved with some of these no names, now that he has the talent, if he's not, if they're not going to perform, I'm sorry, but you have to have. There's going to be some responsibility. I don't know if it's if it's much or 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 more than the players, but there has to be blame on the coach. You have to look at, at Brad Stevens and say, how can you handle, you know, Terry Rozier and Isaiah Thomas, but you can't. You can't get the best out of guys like Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving. So what do you do in that case? Say say you they can't have, get rid of the coach. Say they have tuned him out. You're going to get rid of all the players. I don't know. I think, I think that that's the age old uh, thing in sports. You can't trade all the players, so you fire the coach. I don't think, but I don't. And are they even playing that badly? No, that no, 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 that no, yet? no, 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 no. Of course so. not. Of course not. Because they're they're the the nice thing about the NBA is if you get into the playoffs. You saw that with Cleveland and LeBron. You just get into the playoffs and then yeah, and it's not like shift you have gears to, and go. And you you you, you don't you, have to fight for home court advantage either. Right? Which is no, nice no, no, to no, have, no. But not an essential thing in the NBA. Right. And and, and 
when you shorten your bench, your team usually gets better. So that like that's like I'm not necessarily worried about the team, but they just like it's getting to the point where like they need to start gelling. Something needs to give here on this team because if they're gonna if they're gonna lose to the Suns, that's an issue. They should be they should be letting Gordon Hayward run that second unit all game against the Phoenix Suns and win. No problem. No issues. And if they're still doing that come the All Star break, then you've got a problem. Well, I, I still got time to turn it. I'm around. just saying I have I don't I I have a little bit of a concerned meter going when it comes to concernometer concernometer when it comes to the the gelling the the cohesiveness of the team and it's I think that we're past the quarter point maybe just before the halfway point it should starting to click legs should be getting back Gordon Hayward and this stuff should starting it should start to click. If you ask I me. I agree with you. If you ask me. I agree. Well, but it's not time to panic yet. I'm starting. I'm starting. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm starting. Panic. Yeah, I, it, it's like a one or two on the <laughs> panometer, whatever you called it. Um, any, do, do you have anything else on the Celtics? I do not. I do, actually. Do you? Well, I have a question for you. All right. Um, do you feel as though Kyrie Irving can be a leader? He should be. Of course he should be. He's the best player on the team. Best player on the team. He's won a championship. Should be a leader. Not everybody can be a leader. Yeah, but he just, I don't, he's trying though. That's the thing. Like he's come out and said, you know, I need to be the leader of this team and I need to do that and I need to be that. We need to play better. But is he any good? Like, like I guess, I guess what I'm saying is he wanted to get out of Cleveland because he wanted to have his own team. He wanted to do his own thing. He wanted to get away from LeBron. Was that probably a, was that potentially a, a bad idea? Should he have stayed? Should he have been the Robin to the Batman? Maybe he came out too soon. How long has he been in the league? Uh, I don't know. Let me think. He, he got drafted when LeBron left, so probably 08, 09, 08, somewhere so around there. He's been around long enough to be, I would say. to be considered a veteran leader. James, Google it. <laughs> where, where is he? I'm missing him. <laughs> I need to. I need to get. We need to have a. We need to have the third person that just just Google all this stuff for us. Like that, that's what that's what we need. Now taking applications. <laughs> www.bostonsportssyndicate.com. Contact us. Let us know if you can make it. M- mostly Sunday nights. Maybe let you us just know. need somebody with a little better basketball knowledge. Or that. Or that. Yeah, but basketball but, knowledge but, doesn't end when Larry Bird retired. Maybe, maybe that could be it, but no, I, I think it was. I think it was a. I mean, whenever LeBron left, so I don't know, oh eight, oh not somewhere. It's got to be the somewhere. First time when he yeah. took his talents to South yeah, Beach. Yeah, it was somewhere. Yeah. So oh seven, maybe. I think. I think. So he did four years in Miami. Did another three in Cleveland. Sounds about right. Yeah. So. So we're right around that. Right around yeah. that same time frame, I guess. Maybe. So a yeah, later. he's been around long enough that he can be a leader. But he, he's not doing it, and I just don't know if he. I don't know if he'd be a good. I don't know if it's a good. A good thing to have him being the number one guy in the locker room on your team where it looks like he'd be a better Robin than a Batman. That's 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 how it that's how well it looks eventually to me. Robin left to become okay. Nightwing. So Okay. Okay, Dork. Um <laughs> You know what I'm saying. Um so we can we if you don't have anything else on the Celtics, we can move on to the Bruins. The other thing, so where does your where does your Bruins knowledge end? Is that around Bobby Orr's time Ooh, of retiring? Yeah, or, Brad Park, those or did, guys achievers. Uh, well that's mm, before I was even born. But I have been paying attention lately. Well, good. And I have noticed. What have you noticed? Before tonight, they had reeled off three straight wins. They did. And some of the young guys were playing better. So I wanted to get your take on that. I feel that the more I, d- I, I hate on the Bruins with a microphone in front of me, the better they play. I didn't believe in this team last year. I said it all season. I don't. I started dumping on this team this year. And all of a sudden, the young kids are starting to play a little bit better. Which is to be expected. The more experience you get, the of better course, you're going to play. Of course. But I just need. I just think everybody needs to take a good, hard look at this roster and realize that you're not you, – you're just not there. You, you're not – you're third or fourth in your division right now in the standings, and you're probably fourth – the best team in your division, not even your conference, but your division. And that's assuming healthy. Now Bergeron came back and I believe he had four I don't I, they were a little flaky on the on his second assist. So it might he might have only had he had two I, goals and an assist. I thought he had four. 
four points. If they they might have went back and added, it was a, like a like a ticky tack play where he kind of poked it away from the player and they went down and scored. So I, I don't know if he if he technically got an assist for that, but with Bergeron healthy, obviously your team's better. When Char is healthy, obviously you, uh, obviously when when those two guys are in the lineup, your team's going to be better. But even then, I still don't think that this team has it. I just I, so you said before you're a seller. I'm a seller. So would I'm a you sell off? Who would you sell off? Would you sell off? Did these young kids have value now, or do you want to see them Not come after. up? Sell off your mid-level guys. You've said you don't want to touch your first line, so you're keeping Bergeron, you're keeping um, Marshan, Marshan, and you're keeping Pasternak. Yep, and you're keeping Halak, and you can't trade Rask. <laughs> you so can trade Halak. You don't. You know, I don't have to keep Halak. You can who trade are you getting Halak. rid of? I'm getting rid of Chara. I'm getting rid of Krejci. I'm getting rid of. I would just drop Nordstrom, Joakim Nordstrom, at this point. Um, I would try and move David Backus for he's he's a, a leadership guy and he's he's playing third or fourth line minutes right now. So he, I would try and, and see if there's something I could do there. You're gonna get a taker on his contract. You can eat you can eat the salary, you, some of the salary. You think Jacobs is gonna eat salary? You know, I don't know if we had this conversation in any of the last few times we we've talked about the Bruins, but I feel like. He's get, he gets kind of a bad rep because a rap because he does spend money. Like he signed Savard, he signed Chara, he signed Marshan, he signed Bergeron. He signed Bergeron twice. Uh no, he signed Chara twice. Like he spends money he signed he signed Rask a big deal at the time. Rask was the highest or second highest paid goalie in the league. He spends money. But I don't think he always spends it in the right spot. But I think he would eat a contract if 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 Sweeney can convince him that that it's the best thing for the team, I think he, I think he'd be fine with eating with eating some of the salary of David Backus. So, what would you like to see them get back in a trade? <sighs> I'm okay with picks. prospects, draft picks. I'm okay with picks. I think that I think I think in the NHL you can hit on some later picks. Um, you know, you're you're obviously not going to trade any of these guys to anybody you're going to be able to get in the in in the lottery because none of those teams are going to be looking to take on a, a, a aging veteran with a big salary, but you can trade him to a contender and get some, get some sort of picks. Um, if you can get a prospect, great. I just think you have a slew of prospects in your own organization right now. And some of these guys are just taking up spots and, and the exposure that some of these, uh, that some of these guys could get that are in your organization already could be a great thing. And I just don't think you're there. And I think, I don't know. They keep winning, and it's like it's like false hope, because when you look at it, they're really they they're they're not there. They're not there. They're not Tampa. They're not even Pittsburgh. They're not Buffalo. Like they're just they're not there. And this is what you said last year too. And guess what? And you were wrong. Was I? No. Who they, they lose to? No. Who they lose to? Tampa. They're not Tampa. Right. They're not Tampa. They they but they, they made a deeper run than you thought. They got they got past the first round. Woo. <laughs> Woo! Awesome. Passed the first round. That's not a Stanley Cup. I'm not saying I'm not. I, I'm. Everyone knows I'm not a big believer. And if you don't win the Stanley Cup, it's not a failed season. Blah blah blah. But you need to recognize that you're 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 not there. You're not ready. You have some of the. You have a very 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 good. I don't know if they rank farm systems like they do in baseball. But if they did, you would have a very. You'd probably be top ten in the league. Probably. It's time to might it might be time to start thinking about giving these guys a shot. I think. Okay. I'll go with that. The, <laughs> the only interesting piece right now for me as a as a Bruins watcher fan the the nice headline or the nice storyline to watch right now is the goaltending situation. Yurislav Halak I believe going into the time of this recording is either tied for first in save percentage or right there with Vasilevsky from Tampa, who's probably the best goaltender in the world right now. I think Halak is your starter right now. I think he's your number one guy. I think that I think that it's it's sickening because I feel the same way about Rast. I feel about Gordon Hayward, where the the the, the big money guy should be out there. But I think Halak is your is your number one goalie right now. What do you think? <laughs> I'm trying you to know that I don't care about the money. You've got to no, go, no, you've no. got to go with a hot hand. 
and you ride him for all un- until he's not producing anymore. Let me okay. Let me let me set the scene. You have back to back games. Mm-hmm. Who's your opponent? Saturday and Sunday you have games. Yeah. Saturday you're at home against the Nashville Predators, who I believe are in. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to pull it up at this exact second, but they I be- they're they're in the playoff picture. They're 22 and 12 and two coming into your building on Saturday. You're then playing Carolina on Sunday, and you're on the road. And they're 15. They're they're 14 and 15. So they're about a 500 team. So you're playing a playoff team and a 500 team. Which game do you give your number one goalie? The game First at home. The, the game, game at home. At home the game at home against, against the playoff the team. team, or the 500 team on the road. The game at home against the playoff team. Halak played that game. Okay. And they won. Yeah. And they won that game. And then Rask goes on the road in the second game, and they they can't contain the first line of of the Hurricanes, and they lose five to three. So, I think Halak is your number one goalie right now, and that's kind of sad for Tuukka Rask because last year he got basically got beat out, and this year he got beat out again. I'm out on Tuukka Rask, and I've been a big Tuukka Rask fan. Selling him too. Nobody's gonna take him though. <laughs> that's the problem because he can't be trusted. Nobody's gonna take him. They screwed themselves. They shot themselves in the foot with that one. So he wouldn't be a case of let's change take a risk on this guy, change the scenery. Change scenery. Yeah. The only way that happens is if you're Nashville. If you're Nashville and your goaltender Pecorine gets hurt, maybe then you can you can think about getting a, a Tuukka Rask to bring Tuukka Rask in. Maybe you have a very good defensive team, a good decor, pretty good backup though. But it, that kind of situation. So bring him in to be a backup. No, 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 no. If your number, oh, one, if your goalie number one goalie gets, gets hurt, hurt and he's done for the year, that's that's the type of team that should do. If I don't even I don't even know I don't even have a good example. San Jose maybe their number one goalie gets hurt. Maybe he could go there. Which, by the way, San Jose's goalie you had for about twelve hours, and then you traded them, traded him away. But I'm just gonna keep hating on the Bruins because the more I hate on them, the more they seem to win. So while while I believe because I've been saying it since the beginning, while I believe it, part of me likes to you know play the game. But but I, I really don't think this team is this team is not going to win a Stanley Cup. So you're on record as a seller. Yes. Bottom line. Yes. Any other so, Bruins thoughts? No. Nope. Which will bring us to the brand new Syndicate Six. Now Syndicate Six is going to be a set of six questions, sports related. Um. One episode, it might be a would you rather. One episode, it might be uh, over under. It might be, um, you know, role playing. Like, you're Bill Belichick. What do you do if? So on and so forth. Each of us have three questions prepared for the other person to answer. Today is a would you rather. And I'm telling you, I didn't tell you this before we came on, but now that we're on and the microphone's hot and live, I don't want just the answer. I would like a why as well. Of course. Would you like to be asked a question first, or would you like to ask me your first question? Why don't you ask me a question? Perfect. I'm going to come out heavy. I'm going to come out swinging. Okay. Swinging for the fences. Remember, Boston sports. Yeah. Would you rather be a fan of the Yankees or the Jets? Oh. You have to pick one. That's painful. Well, you got to go with the Yankees. They're the most competitive. They're the team that's actually won something in the last... Oh yeah, let's live in the 40 past. Forty years. Let's live in the past. But they also have the better future. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. That I'm not a big fan of the color green. Yeah, but baseball's your number one, and you take your favorite team and their number one rival, and you choose them. I'm impressed. I have to pick one, don't I? You do. Yes. Yes. All right. Yep. So, yep. so say like I just moved to New York, and you have to pick a team, and I have to pick a team. I would choose the Mets, but in this particular situation. <laughs> I guess, I guess. The Yankees is acceptable, I guess. And you? Is that the way this game works? Not really. You going to give me an answer? Yeah, I can. It doesn't bother me. I will. Um, I would say... I'm going to say the Jets. Because I, I can't stand pinstripes. 
And see, people, I've always liked pinstripes. See, I, I think can't, pinstripes I can't, are classy. Yeah, no, they, they don't make vertical lines don't look good on me. So I don't, I don't. No, I, no, 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 no. Horizontal lines don't look good on you. <laughs> no lines look good on me. But uh, vertical lines are slimming. <laughs> not, not my refing <laughs> uniform. They're not. But uh, the, the the Jets have um, a young. You know what? They, you should have chose the Jets too. USC quarterback. Yeah, he's done at USC now. Yeah, but I, I still I, I think I would rather do like Sanchez when he went to the Jets. To the Jets. The only thing the only thing that I really ever have liked about the Yankees is Derek Jeter, and now he's part of the Miami Mar the Miami Marlins organization, and he has nothing to do with the Yankees anymore. Sure, he is. He's sending them <laughs> their MVP players. Good point. Good point. How long good before point. Real Muto's there? Good point. No, no, yeah, I forgot. Um, but I'm going Jets. Your turn. All right. Continuing with the baseball theme, you can only sign one of these Red Sox players long-term. Would you rather sign Betts, Bogarts, or Benatendi? Money being no factor. No factor. Betts. Why? Because he's the best player out of all those three. He's already won, a, he's already won an MVP because he's... Do you think he's capable... Of keeping up that production. Yes. Yes, I do. You do. And you know, we completely forgot about a Red Sox a Red Sox piece of news. Mookie Best is going to bat second this year. Oh, yeah. Completely forgot Good about question. this. All right, so I want to ask Cora the question. Okay. Why? You had something that worked. Supposedly, you put Betts in the leadoff spot. So, you know, to, to emulate Correa from – not Correa um, – the leadoff hitter for the Astros that I'm Springer. drawing a blank on. Springer. Instant offense. Have a runner on second base to start the game. And now all of a sudden, Ben Attendee's your leadoff hitter. What changed? Uh, Mookie Betts coming up on a huge payday. So you want to give him even higher stats? I think that... More the, RBI opportunities? I think that the, that's that's ex, that's exactly the reason for doing it is so that there's... I mean, that's what Cora said. He's coming up a bunch of times with nobody on base. That's that's a yeah. A he's waste. a leadoff hitter, <laughs> and he's got Jackie Bradley and Sandy Leone batting in front of him. But I think this is a Betts and Betts agent, whoever it may be. It's probably Scott Boris. I don't know. I don't think it is that it's probably a them coming to Cora and saying, "This is what we want to do." Yeah, I, I I'm just saying that that's what it feels like to me. I Why else would you change it? I don't know. To give him, he, to never, give, he never really gave a good reason. And he also didn't really work out when he wasn't batting leadoff. Remember that experiment when he was batting fourth? That failed. And he started batting leadoff. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Third, it wasn't third for a while. He it wasn't it. this year. It wasn't this past year. It was no, the year before that. The year before. He was right. batting in a in a in a RBI role. It right. didn't work out. Pitched to him differently. Right. Maybe seconds not quite the same. I don't know. But I would take bets. I think he's. I think he's a five tool player. I think that he. I mean, he just won the MVP. And he's the best player out of those three. You. The only thing that scares me about Betsy reminds me a lot of Andrew McCutcheon, who was a very similar type player when he first came up with the Pirates his first few years, and then he broke down yeah. after a while. He He's lost still playing, it. though. He's still playing. He, he just still signed, playing. A pretty, he signed a pretty okay. good deal. He just signed a pretty good deal, too. But if you had to signed, go wherever, the remember. Pirates had signed him to a big Philly? long-term deal. Yeah, you know maybe. What? I think Ben Attendi is... To me, the surer bet out of the three. He's just, you know, he's not a big power hitter, but he's he's a decent. I think he's got more upside. I think I he's got know. more upside. He's a four-tool player. I think yeah, he's going to be. I, I, I don't think he's going to. I think. I think he's, he's long-term. I think he's a three-hitter for you. I guess that's fair. I, I think, to me, Betts is the best player, so he's the one I want. And now, I think Betts also going to cost you the most. If you're asking me cost-efficient-wise... That factors into it, too. Maybe Ben Attendee. But if, you, if you're telling me money's no object because you're the Red Sox, Betts. Okay. Betts. All right. Would you rather have a Hall of Fame career and never win a championship or be a lifetime backup and win a championship? Easiest thing is to relate it to football, but it doesn't matter the sport. Hall of Fame career. Why? Because you've played. You've accomplished something. If you win a championship, 
you get a ring. You didn't win that ring. Yeah. yeah, you were on the team. Maybe you contributed in practice. You didn't do it on the field. But how many guys can you think of? That, uh, Mike Piazza, Hall of Fame career. What does he always say? Wish I won a championship. Actually, yeah. he does, He might not because he's kind of a dink. Dan Marino. D- perfect example. Yeah. Hall of Fame. One of the best. Yep. Never won a championship. What is, what is the one thing he's missing? A championship. Still in the Hall of Fame. But I very, very rarely hear somebody who was a backup. Like I don't, I, I don't even. Drew Bledsoe. He wasn't a backup though. He was a starter. He was a backup on that team. Fine, Drew Bledsoe. I don't think he's sitting there saying, "Man, I wish I was in the Hall of Fame." He won. He won his ring. He got his championship. But he didn't. He didn't win it on the field. Nah. Eh. I don't know. I agree with you. I'd rather be in the Hall of Fame too, but I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm good at it. Yeah. So, but and it, uh, and it makes for a better podcast, right? No, of course. But I, I think I just when I when I think about the question, guys, all the time that are in the Hall of Fame that didn't win, I always say, oh, you know, I wish I got that championship. Like, yeah, this is nice, but I wish I won that Super Bowl. I wish I I, I got that World Series ring. You don't really hear it the other way around. Granted, you don't normally interview the backup quarterback and say, you know, what did you miss out of your career? And it's usually the the high-profile guys that get the interview years later because they're getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Right. But I'm just – that's how I – that's – I think it's a worthwhile question. I mean, it's – I would rather have a championship if you're a backup. That's all you're ever going to accomplish is right. getting that. Right. But, I mean, a Hall of Fame career, that means – You've played a long time. You've had a lot of success. Eh, eh. And that's something that's going to last The forever. Hall of Fame stipulations are getting easier and easier nowadays. So I, I, yeah, it's before still, you know it, back they, quarterbacks are going to be led into the Hall of Fame. They're not just handing them out. Nick Foles, is he going to get in someday? Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, he's, won a super, he's, won, <laughs> he's done both. Eli Manning? He's been a backup and won a championship. That's true. Well, actually, Eli Manning wasn't a backup. But, but, you know, lesser players have gotten in, I feel. Oh, absolutely. That's... We could spend a whole podcast. No, 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 no. I'm good on that. But we won't. Retired numbers is another one. But yeah. Go ahead. What is your next? Uh, who would you rather listen to on a broadcast? Jack Edwards, Jessica Mendoza, or Tony Romo? You've got to listen to one of them. They're going to do the game. <sighs> Jessica Mendoza. You'd rather listen to Mendoza than Edwards or Roma? Yes. Because, one... Jack Edwards is the play-by-play guy, so he's constantly talking, and he annoys the ever-living <laughs> snot out of me. Is he still talking about? I think he's still talking he's still about still talking how Dougie about Hamilton wears number, number nineteen. Yeah. You know, and because they wore the Whalers uniforms, and you know, Dougie Hamilton is one fourth of the player. By the way, who are you with your stupid wooden teeth sitting on in the broadcast booth to put down an NHL caliber player who, by the way, was drafted number two overall? Who are you to say that he's one fourth of the player? Do you even know how to skate? Do you even know? Oh my God, that guy! I just clipped everything. Every I think I clipped your mic from sitting on this side of the table. <laughs> that idiot. So he's the play-by-play guy. So I have to listen to him all the time. Okay. Romo and Mendoza. Are color analysts, mm-hmm. so they're supposed to put their two cents in when they see fit. Now Mendoza doesn't bring anything to the table, commentary-wise, but at least she's not constantly talking like Tony Romo. Tony Romo might as well just sit in the booth by himself and be the play-by-play and the color guy. But at least when he's talking, he's telling you something you don't know. He's telling me too much. He's he overdoes. Does it. He, he go talks, a little bit too in depth with the technical terms. He talks terms. Too, too too much. I'd rather listen to Jessica Mendoza tell me about how Aaron Judge gets his hands through the zone and she loves the way that he brings the bat through the, the barrel zone. Of the ball, barrel of the and bat. He barrels he barrels it up. I'd rather listen to that for fifteen seconds while she's analyzing that than listen to Tony Romo tell me about the play that's coming and when he's wrong, being like, "Well, that's what they should have ran." Like. I you talk too much. He doesn't even let what's his name speak. At least he's an analyst that played the game. Troy Aikman. Troy Very Aikman good. would be one of the best. Troy Aikman would be number one, two, three, and four on that list. Romo talks too much, and Jack Edwards is an idiot. So Jessica Mendoza. Okay. What is your answer? I gotta go with Romo. Would you rather be the Patriots? Or the Browns for the next 10 years? All right. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Why? Because I think 
You don't sound very convinced. Well, it's all going to fall apart within 10 years. It's probably all going to fall apart within two years. But if Belichick is here and if Kraft is still the owner, I don't see them falling off a cliff. The Cleveland Browns just have that reputation year after year of screwing up. They're going to be bringing in another coach next year. Who's it going to be? There's so much uncertainty. Mayfield's a great player. He certainly looks like he's going to be a good player for the foreseeable future. But I don't even know. I got to see more from the Browns. And at the end of the day, I'm not buying anything that's brown and orange. (laughs) I'm not asking you to. I'm just asking you which team you. But if I got to be a Browns fan, I got I got to wear brown and orange. I just I don't see Mike. See, I don't know if Mayfield's that good of a player, but he's just he just has. He just has it. He does. You know what I mean? Like he, as much as Johnny Manziel didn't have it, Baker Mayfield has it. Yep. And it's like, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, be, I've, I don't even know if, I don't know if he's that good, but I just believe in the dude. And I don't even know him. I just. But the organization you can has in, a way to screw things up. But I feel, I feel over the last couple of years, they've been improving. Now they finally got rid of the coach. And I think that was a huge step. And look at what they've done since they got rid of them. I think they've won five. They're, they're still in playoff contention. Yeah. Somehow, some way, they're in playoff contention. And they, it might be done now. But I think that they've won four of the last five or five of the last six or, or something ridiculous like that since they've let go of their coach. And they have Jarvis Landry. It's a number one receiver. They have Baker Mayfield. I think that there's a lot of – and he's 20 – Three, twenty, twenty, twenty-four, mm-hmm. whatever. There's a lot of upside coming to that organization, and it almost—I know you can't see what I'm doing, but it's like the Browns are going. Whoop. He's, he's holding his hands far apart. Whoop! And one's going up, and the and the Patriots are going. And the other one's going down. There you go. Boom. Perfectly, perfectly executed. And I don't know. Over ten years, eh, you're not gonna have Brady. You're not gonna have Bill. But you're gonna have Baker. A lot of bees in this in this conversation. Good argument. Good argument. What is your last one? My last one. You could apply this either to you're a hockey player or a basketball player. Would you rather play for a championship caliber team in a brutally cold weather climate, like up in Canada or Minnesota, or would you play on a bad team in a warm weather climate? Let's call Kawhi Leonard and ask him. Okay. He's gonna have to make that decision at the end of this year. Just stay in Toronto and freeze, or you yeah. can go to LA and and you know live the lavish lifestyle. But one of the raps on the NBA is the North teams can't attract the big free agents because, because of it's the cold. weather. So I feel. Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Am I a hockey player? Or am I a basketball player? Well, for argument's sake, you're a hockey player. Then I'm I'm going to the championship team in the North because I don't care about the cold because my sport is played on ice. So, therefore, I don't care about the cold. I don't care about living in the cold. Because you only play on ice for two or three hours a day. Oh, in the, in the bazillion hours of practice. And then, you know, there's a ton of travel time. And I can go visit those nice warm cities when I need to. But I can win and I can freeze. And my sport is played on ice. So, therefore, if I'm a hockey player, I would take the championship team and freeze my nuts off. And if you're a basketball player... I'm a prima donna, and I want to stay in the heat. But you're inside playing basketball. all the And you're traveling, and all the other things you just said about hockey. I don't care. I'm a prima donna, and all I right. want to stay in the heat. Okay. So, that's and I want I want to eat, drink my pina coladas on South Beach, and that's what I want to do. Taking your talents to South Beach. I mean, that's, that's exactly what LeBron did, wasn't it? And he, he went to the warm team there. He, I mean, didn't, he, he didn't go play for a crappy team. Yeah, no, 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 I know. He actually went, he actually went back into the cold to play for a crappy yeah. team. Yeah. But... And then he left to play for a while the team. <laughs> as as a hockey player, I don't think that matters. As a basketball player, I 100% think the, the location matters. What do you think? I play for the championship team either way. Either sport. Are you a starter or a backup on that championship team? Ooh. <laughs> either way, I'm getting a ring. Yeah, that's a good point. Not in the Hall of Fame, though. Um, that's it. That's all of our Would You Rathers. That's the, that's the Syndicate 6. Six hard-hitting questions. Semi-hard. <laughs> thought-provoking yeah definitely and if you would like to share your answers because i would love to hear what people have to say you can tweet us at boston sports sin s-y-n your answers would you rather be a yankees fan or a jets fan hall of famer 
or win a championship. Let me know what you think. I'm interested to know. Do you have anything else? I am good. Me too. Another week down. We're starting to get into a rhythm here. It's awesome. If you want to check out our articles, our website, connect with us on social media, find our YouTube page, our Twitch page, um, all of our podcast episodes, you can head to bostonsportssyndicate.com. Where we have our college football preview articles running right now in advance of the college finals. College football playoff. College football playoff previews. Every uh, each team. Every team has a has an analysis of their season and then a little bit of an outlook as to what uh, the, that particular writer thinks that whatever team may do uh, in the in the uh, playoffs. So check that out. That's, again, at www.bostonsportssyndicate.com. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. This has been the Boston Sports Syndicate Podcast production of the syndicate network music provided by jay kelly to hear more from jay visit jkellymusic.com that's the letter j k e l l e y music.com
Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast was provided by Jay Kelly. To hear more from Jay, search the letter J.Kelly on iTunes or Spotify.